Welcome to another episode of Framing New Heights, where abundance is the answer, ceilings don't exist, and beliefs have no limits. Please welcome your host, Coach Mike and Coach Tone. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the ride. Hey, what's going on, everybody? We have an awesome guest today. I would like to introduce him. He's England's $15 million entrepreneur. He's a father. He was honored with the title of Knight. From the streets at the age of 15, he's created the world's first asset-backed cryptocurrency, been a best-selling author in Close, The Deal, and Suddenly Grow Rich. The groundbreaking number one bestseller that can skyrocket your sales results and starred in his own television show, Get a House for Free, on Britain's channel number four. Please, everybody, put your hands together for Sir Marco Robinson. Hey, hey, Marco, I just, is there anything you have not accomplished? I mean, my, my goodness, can I just, I mean, what do you not do? Yes, good question. Um, I've not been in the Olympics yet. I guess that was, I missed that one. Yeah. <laughs> Not now. Too old now. Too old. I mean, I don't have limitations list? on myself. What would you do if you were in the Olympics? Competing with 19-year-olds in a 100-meter sprint is not really realistic, is it? Yeah. So I have to understand that. Mm. <laughs> until, <laughs> until the science improved the de-aging process. Yeah, another right? 20, 30 years. We'll reverse the aging process. Yeah, maybe. Call you Benjamin Button. Yeah, according to Elon Musk's, Elon Musk's doctor, yes, it's we'll possible, see. so we'll see, eh? <laughs> might have to put his battery in our, in our system now or something. <laughs> I think that's on the horizon, for sure. Sure. And, well, first off, I want to say thank you for joining us here today. You're our first interview guest, so this is kind of a big... Yeah, uh, that's pretty amazing, isn't it? That I came on as your first <laughs> guest. What the hell? <laughs> <laughs> Rethink your choices, right? How'd you pick this? <laughs> lucky, lucky me and lucky you, right? Mike's been kind of catching me up a little bit on, of course, who you are. I understand you two are working together now in a professional capacity, getting Mike's coaching sessions off and things like that, which yeah. is amazing. I've familiarized myself a little bit with your work over the past couple of weeks myself. So I guess my first question is, I understand you're a business coach and according to your social, it says you, your mission is to help 10x people's brands and businesses. I guess my question is, what what type of client specifically do you work with? What's your uh, your avatar, so to speak? Of course, we got Mike. Yeah, it's a good question. I mean, the avatar has changed. And I have a couple of avatars because I've, I have a few businesses. It's not just one avatar. So in my online coaching business, which Michael um, is involved with, my avatar is people that have so much potential and so much knowledge and experience in life, but haven't kind of mastered the online marketing social skills or reach into a global audience yet. So that's really how I have the biggest impact. That makes sense. Absolutely. So helping people get that, I've heard it referred to as intellectual, their IP, their intellectual property, their life experience, their value that they have inside yeah. them and kind of getting that out to the world. Am I yeah. hearing that right? Absolutely correct. Yeah. Very cool. Um, you said you have multiple businesses, but uh, what other avenues are you involved in? Um, I've got a feature film business. I've got a production company. I also have a feature film coaching company where I teach people, coach people how to make their own feature films. I have a tech company. Cool. Uh, basically, I've got a software company that it takes away the cost of like ClickFunnels, Kajabi, ActiveCampaign. So it's all in one. 
and I've built that from the ground up. So that's now running and that's doing really well. Yeah. So a lot of few things going on. Very cool. That's software as a service. Is that kind of what that is? It's a SaaS service? Yeah, it's a SaaS company. Yeah. Cool. Very cool. Yeah. Um, what? Yeah, I understand. Yeah, you mentioned uh, you have a feature film as well. So that's you have a, a release coming out this year, yeah? No, my my last feature film went to number two on Netflix and debuted at Netflix number two in the USA. Yeah, that was Legacy, Legacy of Lies, yeah. right? Yeah, that's Legacy of Lies. But I've got 130 films in development, 29 in distribution right now. Wow. Okay. Okay. Really cool. Hey, Mark. Mike, what do you got, man? Yeah, Marco. Thanks again so much for obviously being here. It's well appreciated. You you have you do so much. I want to ask you a question. I want you to describe yourself in three words. If you if that was truly the statement, what would it be? Difficult, isn't it? That one. Only that's that's why. I, so I so I, I limited for you. Uh, I would say anti fragile, mm. which is the opposite of fragile, which is better than resilient because. If you think about resilience, yeah, you, you, you stay strong, and resistant to things, but you don't really grow. So anti-fragility is a thing where there's actually a book written about this, where anything that you want to do is possible. You've just got to be anti-fragile and just go for it and believe that you can do it. The old, it's, 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 everyone knows this shit, right? But at the end of the day, that's the word you want that you wanted me to give you. Uh, the other one would be unique. And the other word would be, it's difficult in three words, really difficult. I'd have to say... Because I don't want to, I don't want to appear as an ego word. So I would say, creative. I like that. Hey, I want to go in a little bit, you know, just from your story and what you've shared in other interviews and stuff like that. And I don't want to bring too much of that back in, cool. but yeah. at the age of uh, fifteen, I think you really exhibited anti fragility. Correct? I yeah. mean, you were bull- you were bullied most of your life, right? Yeah. Uh, up up until that point, you left a broken home. You got into the streets yep. and what, what was the path Marco? Like, cause I know, you know, coming from me personally, I didn't really have a strong male role model in my life. My stri- my strong male role models in my life were, you know, my coaches, my teachers, you know, I had a guy that I played that was a teacher of mine that played football against Walter Payton, which I really looked up to, took me yep. to games, took things like that. What was kind of your, cause you obviously had, cause I know your relationship with, your father and what you spoke about was in turmoil or not very good. You called him a dick, I believe. <laughs> and, uh, no pun intended by any means, no. but, but, but what, who, who was your male role model at that time? Because man, Marco, you, you I get goosebumps talking about you because you're, you're an inspiration to a lot of people and a lot of people don't realize what you are and who you are. And that's why I want to make sure that our message today as we bring you on that you really portray that so what was it was there a specific role model i know all of a sudden you know you got in that that big fight that big altercation and then you went what 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 was it yeah to give you context i didn't have a male role model to be quite frank i had male people in my life that were not that were completely what's the word i'm looking for fucked up basically right and they were damaged and what happened was that when I was two years old, my mum left my original biological dad because he was a gambler. I mean, addicted to gambling. So he would spend all the money in the house, including her money. And he's still the same, by the way. Okay. 
So she had no choice. She left him and she went to live with her mum and stepdad in mm. the north of England in January, which is super cold. And she's on the doorstep with me in her arms mm. and she's asking to stay with her mum and stepdad. And her stepdad said it's either me or them to her mum. So uh, her mum said he can't stay. So we, she didn't know anyone there. So she, her only way of surviving was to go to the park and tear some branches of a tree down. And we slept in the park for two, three days and nearly died. But what happened is, because I didn't know why she was refused on the doorstep. And I only knew when she turned 70 years old, 50 years later, because she told me, because the backstory came out making the Channel 4 TV show. And she said to me that when she was four years old, she was sexually abused by her stepfather. He used to have baths with her and all, all kind of shit. And his mom, her mum let him do it. And when she was 12, he put his hand on her breast and said, I didn't marry your mum, female. I married your mum to get to you. So you can imagine how terrified your fucking daughter would be, right? It's just unbelievable what she went through. But in those days, like 50 years ago, the patriarch was the dominant force in life, you know? And you did what they said, right? So she tried to tell everyone around her, but they didn't didn't want to believe her because it would compromise him. So she had to live like that. Um, And what happened is eventually she remarried who she thought was the solution because he seemed a good guy, great job, seemed a great guy, but he was not bipolar, but very uh, kind of hot and cold. He would like really be happy, but then mm. he'd be really angry, right? So, and then there'd be a lot of mm. domestic violence. And he was mm. a, a he was a heavy goods driver, a, lot of, a truck driver in the States, right? So he would be away a lot. And it got to a stage where he was having affairs. And I knew I was only eight, like eight, nine years old, but there's nothing much I could do. And it was so unhappy, I ran away from home countless times and in terms of going to school was irrelevant to me because there was so much trauma going on at home right i wasn't really mad on academics anyway and i only just recently i pretty much knew this but recently got diagnosed with adhd like three months ago but i already knew that do you know when you kind of know stuff right about yourself and i never paid attention and i was just crap at academics i wasn't interested in that you know, I was the guy that was look at the back of the classroom looking out the window, trying to escape my reality, which was fucking shite, you know. And I was pretending to be James Bond, chasing bad guys in Far East, because I was I used to watch James Bond films. That was my escape. It's just an incredible story because that vision that I had, I ended up making a spy film about, about James Bond yeah, <laughs> virtually yeah. in my life, you know. So, so Marco, that's yeah. wow. And thank you so much for sharing that to our listeners. That's a very powerful. I wanted to ask this question before I turn it back to tone. What changed your life? What was what was the pinnacle point that you were like, man, I don't like school. I've come from a broken family. I slept on the streets. Gosh. And for everybody that's listening out there, this story is just magnificent to where you are today and we'll get to that point but what was the 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 if you could just pick it down one or two things marco what changed your life what was it well i think it was a it was not just one thing it was a combination of really being in deep poverty and not being able to do the things i wanted to do because of what what environment i was in and like you said before when i was 15 my mom found the person she's still with and it was a love story she fell in love and she's still with the guy which is an amazing story but I said to her, go be happy because I, I was living with my stepdad. I couldn't do that. So I went out 
in the town and I went around all the, you know, the shops and said, listen, can I clean your floors for $2 an hour? Now, a lot of them said no, but some of them said yes. And I was getting the keys locking up at night and I was able to sleep there in different places. No one knew. I was like what they call a hidden homeless. I became really, really, really clever at hiding. And what that did, it enabled me to be invisible Mm -hmm. and make money and save it all up and basically survive. Now, that was actually, I guess that was a, a part of my success to start with because hiding and being hidden and surviving is quite a feat. It's quite, it takes a lot of skills to do that. And I did that. And when it was 2019, 2021, I got a job in retail in a clothes shop and I got better salary. I remember, I remember my first paycheck, it was 51 pounds a week, which is about $60. Okay. But it wasn't enough to kind of get my own place. Do you know what I mean? Um, but when I was 21, I, I basically was in that same town. I needed to leave town. And I got offered a job, which was commission only, selling timeshare. And that was in 1989, right? And I was the worst salesperson in the company because I was so shy with people. I didn't have any social skills because I was hiding all the time from people. Does that make sense? Totally does. I had a lot of ambition, but I just didn't have the skills. So I was getting rejected in sales yeah. all the time for like six six weeks. I got no sales. And the boss said to me, said, listen, Marco, we love you to bits. You're a really nice guy. But if you don't get any sales soon, we're going to have to fight you. Right? <laughs> So one of the massive, massive turning points for me was my inner, my inner question. You know, when you, you, everyone talks to themselves, including you guys, everyone. And my question was, when I was in that job, why am I such a fucking loser? Why can't I sell? That was my question mm-hmm. all the time. And of course, when you ask a question like that, you get exactly the same answer back when it says, well, because you are a loser, you're not doing it properly, Right. But my answer to that was, I mean, I considered going back and saying, listen, perhaps I'm only supposed to clean floors for the rest of my life. That's all I'm good for. So I had a massive self-worth issue. I had a massive confidence issue. But what I did what I did have, which was when I looked back at it, and I said to myself, there's no freaking way I'm going back to that old town and cleaning floors. So what I did is I raised my standards. And I, wouldn't go, I wouldn't go and ever go below it. And one day... When I went back to the office a couple of days later after I got the, the sack threat, the top salesperson approached me for the first time and said, listen, Marco, I've heard what's happened. I don't want you to worry. I think you can be really, really amazing at this. And I said, why would you say that to me? Because I'm not, I've not got any sales yet. You're the best. He said to me, because I used to be homeless and I was like you mm. at your age. And he said to me, the reason I'm talking to you is because I learned from someone who coached me and he said to me how do you want he said to me how do you want me to pay back he said don't pay me back pay it forward help someone like you who needs your help right so he said to me and and i was like what the hell is going on this is unbelievable and he said to me listen i want to help you i'm going to give you a book i want you to read it and by by the way i'd never read a book until that point he said i want you to read it don't tell anyone and when you finish reading it Hmm. you will know when the right time is to finish reading it. And that's the book that you read eight times that night. And then the next day you ran physically to work. And I'm Tone, I just want to ask this question because this was on our list. What was that book? Tell our listeners, could you tell us what that book was? Well, before I tell you the, the, the book, it could have been any book on motivation. It was just a timing thing as well, because I was so desperate, right? But it's still an amazing book. It's called 
Bring Out the Magic in Your Mind by Al Quran. Hmm. And it was written in 1955 by an English magician. And he was one of the first magicians in the world that actually was the first to do a trick where he said, yeah, he's, basically, people would hide something in a box and he would have to guess what was in it. And he always got it right. So he was like, an, he had an amazing, he was an amazing magician and he came up with this book and it was just freaking amazing at that time for me because the message of the book was believe in your fucking self. Don't ever, ever think that someone else is going to do it for you. You have to take responsibility. It, that message was so powerful at that time that I basically understood the greatest lesson of my life, which was hmm. no one's going to help you do it. You've got to do it yourself. Those are great words. And that's when I got this. When I read that book, it was like a message. It's filled me up with so much. It was like God was in me, my body. Do you know what I mean? It was like, because I believe in God. I'm not religious, but I do believe in God. And it was like he was there. Hmm. And I just ran to the office without a care. And I turned up, rocked up with the suit, sweat through with sweat because it was five miles to run. And they sent me home to get changed. Normally, before I got a prospect to talk to, I would be like, oh, they're not going to buy. So, you know, the, but that, that had gone. So when I sat them down, and the funny thing was that they were both blind and had a guide dog. And I was trying to sell them holidays that they couldn't see. So it was like, part of me was saying, what, how the fuck am I going to sell to blind people? They can't even see me, right? And they were very resistant. They said, listen, we're not going to buy anything today. We, we want to go in 10 minutes. And I said, no, you're not going to go in 10 minutes. You're going to sit there for five hours. You're going to buy it. So sit the fuck down. And I'm going to show you how this is the most amazing thing you've ever seen. And it was a battle for five hours, right? And at the end of five hours, he said to me, he said, listen, shut up, Marco. Got Put his hand in his pocket, gave me his gold credit card, said put £10,000 on that. We fucking love this. We love you. Let's do it. Mm. And I couldn't believe that moment because it was a surreal mm. moment because it was pretty much the first success I ever had. And it was so many years to get it. It was like, I'm like, the, my first question was, why the hell did you buy from me? That was a reaction because <laughs> no one else did, you know. And they said, this is your first sale? I said, yeah, it's my first ever. And they started laughing and we laughed. And, you know, that was the single moment that defined me in terms <laughs> of doing what I ended up doing. I took so much from that in that just, I guess, if I could distill some of the points out of that, I heard you say, raise your standards. It's a, I'm a fan of that phrase. We don't get our goals. We get our standards. Everybody's got goals. Our systems and our standards in place are going to dictate whether or not we get them, right? And believe in yourself. Take ownership. Like you said, nobody's going to do it for you. Be anti-fragile. I saw that on your social media page, too. I like your message. It's, it's no bullshit. Get to work or get, uh, you know, get, get busy living or get busy dying almost. Absolutely. And to answer Michael's question about was there a male role model, the first male role model was the top salesperson. And isn't it interesting that I had a mentor and in any success story, there's always a mentor and there's always an apprentice. Always. Fucking always. Even Elon Musk, everybody has had a mentor or a coach to get them to the level they never thought they could get to. So a coach is absolutely, I value coaching and mentoring over any other profession because that one relationship can transform what you basically what you can become. And that actually answers one of the questions I had as well was what got you into the coaching business? And would you say that these experiences that you had in your past is kind of what led you down that path of your own as well? Kind of the pay it forward. You, you... It was really by accident. I didn't choose that initially because I just, 
when I was when I got my first sale, I, I got lots more sales, and I became the best in the office sales, and and then the best in the company, and then the youngest salesman at twenty two. I was managing guys who were fifty, sixty years old, and they asked me, "Would you train the staff?" So I ended up I ended up doing recruitment and training, which was basically coaching from like twenty three years old, and never stopped. So basically, they said they wanted my energy, but also my belief system instilled into their teams, and that's where it was born, really. And you know, I've and the reason I've always loved it because that's really what you're asking me is I love anybody that <laughs> gives up, but yet I intervene and they completely transform. Amen to that. You know, so the story of transformation is the most powerful, isn't it? Absolutely. I resonate a lot with your story. We're going to be going over our, our, our own stories in the coming weeks on the pod, but you know, so briefly, you know, uh, sleeping on people's couches and closet floors a few years ago, battled with substance abuse, things like that, just that negative self-belief and having been successful in some areas and then completely falling off to my personal lows to asking myself those questions. What, what really kind of brought me out of my slump, I suppose, at the time was um, I, I kind of asked myself, why don't you love yourself enough to get well and to live a good life? And then decided that I yeah. did. And then, like you mentioned, have to take ownership and get to work. Yeah. And you can change your life along with that. And, and I, Wait, again, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter who you are, where you're from, how old you are. I mean, listen, in terms of loving yourself, I only really learned that in the last two or three years, guys. Oh. You know, I was, I was in relationships since I was 25 years old without really a break. Hmm. And then the last girlfriend we split two and a half years ago, before that time, I'd always needed someone in my life close to me to feel that I was validated and to have this ridiculous fulfillment need in my head that I was going to be happy, happier with someone, right? And that came from my childhood because, you know, of abandonment hmm. and stuff like that. It was like I was going to lose yeah. people, so I was always trying to get people to love me yeah. because I was so alone. Do you know what I mean? Yep. Yep. But in the last two and a half years, it, it was difficult the first six months, but now, quite honestly, I don't want a relationship <laughs> because the relationship with myself is so the best it's ever been. That I don't, for the first time, I don't need anybody else. And we talk about that a lot. Does that make sense? I get that. Oh, 100%. For the first time in my life, it's like I've got an upper hand over the opposite sex. So I can choose. I don't have to do things I don't want to do in order to win a girl. So that self-worth has grown massively for me. And now girls approach me without even me trying. Because... It's not about an ego thing. It's just a confidence thing. It's just I know who I am. You you, you know? become magnetic at that point. That's it. And once you yeah. stop trying, once you stop chasing, that's the difference. And I would say I would say yeah. that that goes in line with with a lot of different things. Whether it be like relationships, you're trying with women, you're trying too hard, you're you're trying, you're chase, 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 need, need, need. I'm in lack because I'm not fulfilled. <laughs> Same thing in my experience. I'm in sales as well. And when you start trying to get that sale, or when you're you're like you're you're chasing, so you're trying too hard, you're almost pushing it away. Yeah. But then when you can just, in my experience, be. I guess develop the skill sets and the mindset and things like that, that things start kind of working out for themselves. But yeah. I, I wanted to ask there's you, um, times you have to leave. there's times when you lean out, you know, that makes sense. Yeah. 
It's almost like uh, fishing. I like the I like the fishing analogy. You reel in and then you relax and let it out. You kind of just in yeah. and out. Put kind of that's, that's the analogy exactly. I like to use. Oh, yeah. And I wanted to ask you. Um, I, I've heard you. I've heard some. I've heard some of your content, and you you speak on of course, of course, coaching, and also I hear you mention container mentorships. What would you say the biggest difference between a coach and a mentor, or are they interchangeable? I don't think they are interchangeable. And I've, I've had this conversation with Michael. Actually, he knows about this. Right, a coach is a person that gives you a is basically a guide for you. And they give you a framework to follow, a blueprint, if you like. So a coach gives you structure. But there's a difference between a mentor and a coach. A mentor is someone where you have access to their genius. So a mentor doesn't have to give you a framework and be a guide for you. And this is very subjective based on your own experience and genius. And your genius is formed from your life experience. So, for example... If someone said to me, Marco, I know you were divorced. How, basically, I know you left your wife um, like 12 years ago and you were able to attract all these beautiful women. And someone asked me, how did I do that? Then that mentor knowledge is in my head. So I'd be able to share that. But if someone said to me, can you tell me how to make my car more efficient by 15% this week? No, I can't do that because that's not in my genius. Hmm. Right? So... That's what it is. It's like the old story. You've probably heard of this story where there's this big cruise liner and it's, they've got this, the engine breaks down, right? And they can't get someone to fix it. And eventually they pay £2,000 for this guy to fix it. And this guy looks at, the, looks at the, the circuit board, opens it, tightens the screw a certain amount, and the engine comes on, right? And the the uh, the contractor says, £10,000, please. And they didn't want to pay it. So it's ten thousand pounds. All he did to put that screw in. He said it's not about this. It's not about the screw. It's about how I know how to do it. Right. That's the value of mentoring because mentoring is much more powerful than coaching. One piece of advice can accelerate you a hundred times. So true. That's the. That's cool. I I really appreciate you clearly you breaking that down in yeah. that manner. That that makes. <laughs> that just kind of blew my own. Yeah, no, it totally. It makes total sense. It makes total sense. I had never heard it put that way before. What's up, Mike? All right, I know you're a big uh, Star Wars fan, so I'm going to give you a hypothetical situation, Marco, because I know our listeners want to hear this. I know you do. Nice, I, know, I like I know. it. <laughs> All right, Mark Hamill is in your elevator. What's your elevator speech to him? Um, I actually know Mark Hamill. It's <laughs> funny enough. Yeah. I know you do. I mean, he he is he is connected with you, but I know that's a big one. Or, well, let me let me reframe that. Let me rephrase that. If someone someone that you idolize, someone that you look up to, admire. In fact, if you'd like to share who that person is, and then if they were in that elevator, what would your elevator speech be to that person? I think it, the person who would I I would idolize the most would be me ten years from now. Ah, oh, that's a great answer. So what would, would you say, say to your younger self then? Don't do this and this. Do it faster. Seize the day and don't wait. Because it will come to you faster than you think if you believe it. Success loves speed. Man, those are some great words. Wow. One more question, and then we're going to do some true and false stuff yeah. with you, Marco. That's going to be kind of fun. Our listeners will get a, a chance to know you. Uh, what's your biggest pet fee? Punctuality. 
I think when people say they're going to be there at that time, they don't fucking turn up. I've always been weird on timekeeping. It's like it, that. I, I find that hugely disrespectful. That's a big peeve. Hundred percent. I like that. And people that don't clean the nail hygiene is also a big peeve. Hey, Tone, did you did you put the order on today? <laughs> people that don't cut the hair. Oh, Marco, you got me. You didn't know I had long hair until today. <laughs> I knew there was a reason I hit the barber up yesterday. All right, we're going to do some fun stuff with you here, Marco. And then Tone's got a couple other questions and we won't take too much of your time. So this is like a true and false speed round. I don't want you to elaborate. You can only say true true or false, okay? Okay. Okay. Here's the first question. 6,000 sales in a month and you set a world record. True or false? True. 30 years old, you had a heart attack. True. The internet is the devil. Did I say that? No, you did not. False. Uh, true or false? You made a viral film highlighting the difficulties for 350,000 blind people being unable to use guide dogs in public places, thus receive an accolade for being a knight. True. You are in control of your own destiny. True. Marco Robinson is a superhero. False. Interesting. Success. I'm just a hero in real. I'm just a hero in real life. I like that. Sometimes they don't wear capes, though, Marco. Remember that. Exactly. Yeah. Success is a lonely road. I don't think I said that, but I'll say false. Nope, you did not. Okay. All right. These are yeah. some that I threw in as well. <laughs> Failure occurs when someone does not have any core values in place. Not necessarily. I'm going to say false on that, but it could be true. Okay. Okay. So you could maybe lean both ways on that one. Okay. Lastly, on my true and false, you're currently watching The Mandalorian on on Disney. Yes, I am. True. (laughs) Good guess, mate. I like it. Hey, your birthday's coming up on May 17th, and I knew you grew up in Buxton, England. What are you going to be doing to celebrate? May 16th. May 16th. I would be 55 years old, right? And I'm going to the Monaco F1 with my son. What is that? Monaco, you don't know Monaco in Europe. There's a race cars, Princess Grace of Monaco, Grace Kelly. Oh, okay, Formula One. Okay, Formula One, Formula One, right? Race the biggest, most famous race in the Formula One season, right? And it's notoriously difficult to get into, but I got two tickets, so it's that would be amazing. Not necessarily that specific race, but I've never been to a Formula One race before. So I, Formula One is on coming my, uh, to Miami this year. You can go. I just got to say, I'm not a. F- I, I no. Hey, Things that right. go around right. in a circle. No, I know. Doesn't do it for me. Sorry, y'all. It doesn't go around in a circle like IndyCar, like you guys do. You go around <laughs> in a curve like that, and an oblong, right? Uh, so Formula One go around in a circuit. <laughs> more interesting. Yeah, it's more. You know? s- yeah, a little bit different. A little bit different. <laughs> it's it's, fu- it's funny that. You're a Star Wars fan, and I was relating that back. I don't know if you can see the oh yeah puzzle yeah yeah, over yeah. My you shoulder. just about make it out. Yeah. You were talking about there's always a mentor, there's always a coach, there's always an apprentice, and I was thinking about the rule of the. the yeah, I know what you were thinking. Of. I was thinking that as well when I said it. <laughs> <laughs> yes, mm, always mentor, always apprentice. <laughs> That's amazing. So I was going to say, uh, if, if, uh, so if you already know Mark Hamill, so let's just put the character to it. If Luke Skywalker was in the elevator with you, what would you say to Luke Skywalker? Oh, right. <laughs> Depend how old Luke Skywalker That's was. better. I like it. I like it. Well done, Tone. Ah. 
Uh, let's see. Uh, young Skywalker, okay, the 17 apprentice. year old Skywalker. What would I say to him? Uh, I'd say to him, may the force be with you. Simple. That's it. <laughs> I, one, of the, one of the questions that I want to kind of circle back to a little bit about coaching and things like that. So in your experience, what is the biggest fear or hurdle that you see your clients struggle with? And what do you notice about them once they've overcome that? I can tell you very simply, 100% mindset. Right? The mindset is the one thing that people have to overcome in their own minds because once they're able to control the mind and understand they can get anything they want, they just have to learn skills and they take, and then they're able to manage their emotions. That's when transformation happens. Right. And my ideal client, to be quite honest with you, I am not a life coach. I'm not a life coach. I used to do that, but quite honestly, I don't want to do that. And I say to people, before you come and see me for business coaching, get your shit together. Cause I'm not going to manage and talk about your life and relationships and emotions and all that kind of crap. I used to do it and my energy is just zapped, right? And that's what I say. My ideal client is very hungry, has got the shit together and wants to move fast, wants to do it now, right? So the reason I'm saying that is because of my experience in that, in that question that you're asking me. That makes yeah. sense. Mindset over skill set. I've heard that many times as well. What would you say? So follow up question to that. What is the top or near the top, I guess one or two maybe, skill sets then? Uh, what, what's at the top of your list as far as skill sets to develop? Well, at the top of the list is execution. So you've got to execute the things that you learn. But probably before execution, excuse me, is you've got to have a value that learning is the most important part of your life if you want to succeed. And what people do is when they leave school, college, university, they think, fuck, I've had 20 years of learning. No, I'm not interested in doing that anymore. Right. But that's the that's the opposite of what you should be doing, because in school, college, university, you don't learn any life skills. You don't learn business skills. Mm -hmm. You don't learn how to manage money. You don't learn about relationships. You don't learn how to manage your emotions. You learn complete opposite of that. You learn skills that completely unequip you to deal with life. So once people are aware of that, that that's when things happen for you. I mean, Christ. I'm learning three, four hours a day. I'm liking the PhD course every day because I have to do that to move and grow my business and what I want to do. Otherwise, I'd never do it. You know, just to piggyback off of that, I like I like where you you went with that tone, Marco. What do you do to get better daily? What do you What do you do if you were to list two or three things that you learn? Number one is learn, right? And number two is self discipline. Self-discipline in the, in the context of productivity. So how can I be more productive is a question that everyone should be asking themselves. And the great thing about when you ask questions, you get answers. And a lot of people don't trust themselves to ask questions. They, they kind of shift the responsibility. To, they think people would do it for them. But you've got to ask the questions and you will get the answers. Ask and you shall receive us in the Bible, baby. <laughs> right? Yeah, we talk. Yeah, we talk about that in our pod. Exactly. We've talked about that several times, and you're 100 percent correct with that. Let me ask you this, Marco. We often talk about resilience, and you obviously are very big. <laughs> you yourself are definitely examples of resilience through your childhood, where you are, and how you've been there. How do you practice vulnerability today? 
because we, we, Coach Tone and I talk about this on our pod and previous, just about vulnerability, how important that is, not only to ourselves, but also in relationships. And, and if you could share any of your expertise or input on how you practice vulnerability. Okay, so I'll give you a very clear. The three most dangerous words in the English language are, I know that. So in a relationship, when, when your partner asks, says to you, um, or asks you a question about anything, and you say, well, I know that, right? That's a massive relationship destroyer, okay? So you've got to say that, you, listen, if I don't know something, I'll say I don't know it, right? But if I do know something, I will, I will not be saying it in an egotistical way. I'll say it from a place that I, what I think is right, right? So language is a huge part of vulnerability but to express the language um you've got to trust yourself number one manage your emotions they don't get out of control managing emotions is not putting a cap on your emotions it's making sure they don't get out of control and out of context and vulnerability is just sharing is just being authentic it's sharing your truth it's just being who you are and not being afraid of that because so many people are afraid to be themselves because they think they have to please people or certain people or certain society rules, government, whatever it is, in order to follow the rules to get what they want. It's like a game, but society has made it a game in terms of the most powerful people who put these rules in place. But actually, that doesn't work and it doesn't serve you. So in terms of vulnerability, it's saying, right, this is who I am. That's my truth. And people will know that. And, you know, in 2023, social media content is the most potent attraction to get people into your world and build an audience. And authenticity is the number one value. And adding your and adding your story to that authenticity, correct? Yeah, I mean, sharing your story. Because when you share, we've had this conversation, Michael, but when you share your story, your personal story, uh, yeah. you become extremely relatable to a specific group of people that used to be you. And the reason it lands so well with those people is because they're in their story of their challenges. But you've overcome those challenges therein, and they want to be in your story. And that makes you absolutely irresistible. You use the term potency. And I love that. I love that term. Yeah. Uh, I got a question here then. And Tone, if you got anything else that you want in just a few more and we'll wrap it up here. What keeps you focused, man? You have so many things going on. You have your naked brand. And by the way, as I was doing some research, Marco, can I, can I just ask you, what the hell is a beauty bar? What's a beauty bar? In England, a beauty bar is where you, it's where you get your nails done. It's like a nail bar, right? A nail bar, like a manicure thing, right? Um, now I do not, I don't own the naked brand anymore. Okay. Okay. So all that's gone. I've sold it off. So now I'm focused on something else. And what keeps me going is not business per se. I have a purpose, and purpose is what keeps you going. Purpose is what gets you up at four o'clock in the morning, excited to go into the day. Fuck me, I'm going to do something now that's going to fulfil my purpose. So right now I the most enjoyable thing that I do is learning to sing, right? Because I'm writing a musical about my life and that's the masterpiece that I want to leave. And I just got an eight, a singing agent, an acting agent. So I'm going to be on Broadway and shit like that guys in the next few years. That's my purpose. And my purpose really is to leave that legacy. That's the message I want to leave. 
my story is the message I want to leave to people that were me, but don't have the mm, courage cool. or don't see a way. And your story it. shares that it's that's why it's so it's remarkable out there, and anybody can do anything. And Marco, you're you're a proud product of that. Sure, yeah. Um, I just wanted to comment that uh, to your point a few moments ago. Uh, that's probably the most gratifying feedback that I get from anybody who's in touch with me on social media is when they say, are you like in the corner of my house? Like, cause you're narrating <laughs> what I have going on right now. Or like, like I'm sharing something that directly speaks to them or resonates with them or even part of my story that they like related to. And that, that even some people, um, that I have never had a real life connection with at all come up sometimes and they'll, they'll drop a comment or a message or a feedback on, on this stuff. And I, well, so, that's a huge compliment. That's the best compliment you can receive, really. It is. It means a lot, right? Um, so, and I, so I had actually written that down. I, I understood. I did some of the research that uh, you're a bit of a singer. Um, so I wanted to ask, like, so what other hidden talents might you have? Well, listen, before that it even happened, I didn't believe I could sing two years ago. Hmm. I was told I was fucking useless as a kid. You'll never be anything. You can't act. You can't sing. You can't do this. You can't do that. So I had a, I'd still had that thing with me since I was a child. You can't sing, Marco. What are you doing this for? Right? So I reached out to someone I knew who was, I've only met online, but she's a great friend now. And she's, she used to be the lead singer of a band called Hearsay in England, which are huge. Right? And she said to me, yes, you can sing. And I'm going to give you my vocal coach to see. Right? I'm going, oh, fuck. So I'm shitting my pants, right? Going to this vocal coach for the first time. Never sung before, ever. And I go into this lesson thinking, fuck, what am I, what if I, I'm, I'm aiming to, what if, to, what if I've said it too big for my boots? What if, I, what if I look a dick, right? That was going through my mind. And I'd been so successful in other things, but this the thing that was new was like a baby. I was like, oh my God, what, what if I fuck it up? So uh-huh. I went to this lesson and by the end of it, I was singing Bon Jovi. Right, full pelt. Because <laughs> you remind me of John Bon Jovi, Michael. So I'm singing full pelt, right? Bon Jovi, and I'm going, "What the fuck has just happened to me?" Right? And um, now I've I've had vocal lessons for eighteen months. I can sing. I went to an audition on Britain's Got Talent three months ago. That's amazing. Now, I didn't get through, but I had the courage to go there with yeah. six thousand other people and have an audition. And I would never have even dreamed of that two years ago. Do you know what I mean? Absolutely. Well, now singing for me is my, it's the first thing I've done that's not for money. Just for the enjoyment. Isn't it interesting? Yeah. Filling your your inner self, that cup that you need. Yeah, it's like like you said, you have to, in life, you have to do things. You have to have a hobby. You have to have a hobby, right? You have to have a profession. You have to have a hobby. You have to exercise. So, but now you see there was a reason I wasn't, I didn't just want to sing a song. I wanted to write a musical. So I knew that I had to learn to sing. How the fuck am I going to write a musical and perform in it if I can't sing? Right. So that for me was the first step because I had the story. Awesome. I just needed to learn to sing. And now I'm learning to songwrite. So I've written two songs for it already. Very cool. The, the potential everyone's got. I'm not a singing songwriter two years ago. You know, it's but and you, you and I'm sending this. I'm I'm literally when I write a song, I can't play an instrument, so I I hum the melody and write some words out. And what I did is I hired a composer and I sent him this song 
And he said, fucking hell, Marco, that is an amazing song. And I'm like going, oh, my God. And the goosebumps are like golf balls jumping off my body because it's the most amazing feeling when you actually sing. When you're singing and you're whistling, I mean, generally people are at a happy state of their, their life are singing and whistling, you know? For me, it's been always, it's always about if I'm going to learn to sing, I don't want to be an amateur. I want to be up there with the professionals. So part of my creed, if you like, is that if I'm going to put my time into something, I want to be the best. Otherwise, I don't even try. Amen to that. You know, I don't even try. I've already envisioned yep. people giving me a standing ovation on Britain's Got Talent and crying and jumping over there. I've already got the vision. So I've already been there. You know what I mean? We just talked about this, about manifestation and breathing and and visualizing. And yeah, you just said it. Thank you for saying that, Marco. You've got to live it in your mind and do it. Absolutely. Feeling that feeling feeling of having already accomplished it. Yeah. Even yesterday, I woke up and I got my phone out and I'm scrolling on Facebook and Susan Boyle audition comes up in Britain's Got Talent. I dreamed a dream from the musical Le Miserable, right? And it absolutely hit me. I started crying and then I start, I started singing it all day. <laughs> I just sang that song all day and that was my day, right? But it was a magical moment because it was a breakthrough in a sense of my subconscious is saying to me, you've got to practice every day singing, don't you do it once a week? So I'm like, you know, how powerful is that? Very, very powerful. What I took from that is you never – your story – in particular, what we're talking about with with the with the singing and the songwriting of where you're at, and you you picked that up at what fifty two ish somewhere around in that time frame, just fifty three, right around in that. And what you shared, or what I heard from your your story here, is the what's possible for people when they don't listen to that negative can't can't do this, can't do that voice. I'm no good. I'm I'm whatever whatever has been programmed into my subconscious from my life experience Absolutely. and traumas, whatever it might be. Yeah. What's possible for us if we are able to quiet that voice and and take a leap of faith? Almost. So I appreciate you sharing that. That's huge. Thank you, and I definitely appreciate your time with us today. Hey, uh, lastly, here, Marco, you're in the process of launching your podcast. Now I, I did, I was kind of digging and it said that there was something, are you in the process of doing it? Tell us a little bit about that. And if, is that still on the agenda? Is that still on the rise? Is it going on? And then what can we expect from it? Yeah. So I've been working on this for about two years. It's called how to be a hero in real life. And it's about people's heroic journeys. A lot of this conversation we've had today because I'm on the show, but you know, everyone has a heroic journey. The victims even Hollywood is based on it. That's why Hollywood is, is fucking huge, right? People need to be entertained with that heroic journey. And it's a story of real life people that have gone through struggle, strife, and ended up never not giving up in a way and got there in the end. So now I had everything planned and even pre-recorded content, but something was stopping me doing it. There was a resistance and I'm like super successful execution. There was a resistance because I was going to launch it in February, but there was a resistance. There was, it was something was stopping me doing it. And then only really two weeks ago, I knew what that was. And the message to me was don't launch your podcast before you do something else. Right. 
So I had to, I've got to complete something before I can launch the podcast because right now I don't have the space for it. Love it. Thanks for that answer. Last. I don't have the time. Yep. The Understand. You You've got a I mean? hundred things that you are on your plate. Here's a fun question and we'll exit with this. If you were a baseball player, what would your theme song be walking up to the batter's plate? <laughs> Baseball's not a thing in England. All right, cricket, cricket. Can we say cricket? Right. No, no, it's boring. It's boring. It's boring. I, I know what you mean. I mean, what would be the theme song? Oh, God, this is really difficult. There was quite a few songs I love. Probably ACDC. ACDC. You know, they ding ling 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 with the guitar solo at the beginning. That is an amazing tune. Yeah. Right? It would be either ACDC that, it would be Rocky theme or something like that. Something like inspiring like that, you know? Sure. I love it. But probably, definitely ACDC. ACDC, by the way. I- Thank you. Anything you want to leave with our listeners today as far as just resiliency? I mean, we've talked, we impacted a lot about that today, just your resilience, your story, the impact of what visualization, vulnerability means. If you can sum everything up in a nutshell and you had the opportunity to change a person's life, Marco, what would you say to them as your exit today? Know know your outcome, number one, right? Know your outcome. Secondly, build a belief system that has an outcome where you want to be there with all your soul and fiber. Next, self-discipline-wise, And this is a question going back to what we discussed earlier. Success is a lonely journey. Success is a lonely beginning. So what I mean is get some time on your own to figure the shit out that you want. That's lonely. But when you figure the shit out, it ain't lonely any fucking more Mm. because you've got a purpose. And that's what success is about, truly. And then my advice to everyone is get some time on your own. Stop doing things that don't serve you, that are taking time up. For example, you know, you all, you guys know that people, the culture now, let's get a bag of cocaine every, uh, at the weekend, let's have a good time, let's go and rip, go for a rave, let's get pissed, let's get drunk. That's the culture in most countries in the world to escape their reality of boredom and stress. That's what stops most people achieving. Where I go with that is create a life you don't need to escape from. Yes, exactly right. Couldn't have said it better myself. Perfectly stated. What yes. really blew my mind was when somebody framed it this way. Two, two out of seven days is 30%. That's a third of your life if you fuck off on the weekends. It's yeah. a third of your life. And it's more because Friday people that, don't really fair, That's fair too. Like <laughs> really 40% in it. And then Mondays people fucking hate and they don't really start work until midday. <laughs> And then the midweek, people kind of give up after two days. So, so yeah. So you we know. never get that. There's no forward progress. I, I totally resonate with what you said, and that's what keeps most people back from achieving. Thank you for sharing that. Uh, I guess my last my last piece here, Marco, before we go, where can people reach reach you? I, obviously, Mike and I have you on social, uh, but can you tell our listeners how to, how to find you and reach you and follow you for more? It's simple. Just go to my Instagram account, at Marco Robinson now. It's with a blue tick. It's the only one in that name. So that, you know, you'll, you'll know who I am. Perfect. Marco Robinson now on Instagram. It's been an absolute a pleasure to serve and, you know, get uh, some, some motivation out to your audience and inspiration. And there you have it, folks. Sir Marco Robinson joining us today. Next week we'll have part two 
of our three-part interview series. Next week, Coach Mike is going to interview yours truly. Myself, we'll go a little bit back into my story, share a little bit about my own self with you guys. In the following week, we'll wrap up our interview series with uh, interviewing Coach Mike and get to know a little bit more about him and his background. Of course, as always, 1% better every day. Stay Stay flexed. flexed.